welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com. I'm Pete Wright, also from The Next Reel. We are at the beginning of the whole MCU franchise looking at Jon Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man, where all of it began. And back with us today, we have Kathy Campbell from The Robot and the Unicorn. Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. It's going to be a fun minute today. We're looking at minute 84. On today's show, the minute starts with Tony snapping the wing off an F-22 with his back. And ends with Tony (laughs) telling Jarvis to keep going. With his back. <laughs> so bad. Oh. But you have to go back even further than that because the very first frames, it, it finishes what Kathy said yesterday about him flippy-dippy around on the bottom of the plane. And he he's bouncing, like his face is bouncing off the belly of the plane right before he lets go. And I can't get over the fact that the suit doesn't have suction cups. You guys, that was the <laughs> best upgrade idea ever. I can't believe he didn't think about it. Earlier this week, we talked about like the support and structural integrity and like his core strength because he's got nothing to grab onto with his legs. And so, I mean, my core muscles just are hurting watching him try to like he's basically holding a horizontal pull up for however long (laughs) this actually is. This is like the Iron Cross. Yeah, with a majorly heavy suit on, too. And yeah, no, thank you. I'll pass. Yeah, we talked about the suit. Uh, I think one of the people who helped design it talked about that potentially it weighs like a half ton. And I mean, granted, it's doing a lot of the work. It can kind of probably hold itself into position pretty well. But and and honestly, you think a half ton hanging off the bottom of a a jet that uh, it's going to not fly very well. That's one of those things I don't think that they take uh, too seriously as they create scenes like this, because they're probably only adding about the weight of a man to the jet rather than the weight of a a half ton. Half ton. Pulling it down out of the sky. I I would imagine that if the suit's that heavy, it's also not uh, able to shake around quite so well. Right. But then we get this fantastic sequence. As he falls off of the plane, he's tumbling head over feet, through the air, and we get the the tiny body flying toward the imminent collision. Then we cut to, so we get the collision twice with his back. Yeah. Once from the front, and then in case you didn't have enough, once again from the reverse in angle. In case it the first yeah. time. <laughs> the back-snapping, wing-breaking collision with the F-22. It's awesome. Shouldn't it have blown up more? <laughs> I mean, they had to give time for the ejection to happen yeah. and and all of that stuff. And he's uh, only hitting the tip I, of the wing. I, I feel so. like the, it, it held on pretty well because it isn't until like second five that the wing actually falls off. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like he damages the wing, but that's weird. I don't know how. Or is that a third explosion? A, I think that's a third I, explosion because when you look at, with at more both, parts coming up, yeah, yeah, both the first frame, the pieces fall off of it. Then the second time, pieces fall off of it. Then the third time, it's weird. It's like, it's like pieces fall off of it at second five, but you don't see the the actual impact. 
like more pieces. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of our interesting GoPro camera shots that we have throughout <laughs> this film, yeah. the shot of the F twenty two when he when it's when he's hitting its wing at about second three, it looks like it doesn't actually make any sense. It looks like we're on the tail wing, although we're clearly not because it doesn't stick out like we're almost past the wing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it does. It, but it is very much like a GoPro shot. And and he slams through that thing and we see the smoke and then the wing that protruded off the edge of the screen left is no longer there. So obviously he is breaking off a, a, quite a chunk of, of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think... Because, of course, most people watching this movie are not going to be going frame by frame. I don't know if you know this. Um, They're seeing it in a theater, big screen. They wanted to make sure that the audience knew how bad this was. Right. Because otherwise, you... I mean... And and the, the suit is big, heavy, thick suit and... Having this believability of this thing took out a plane, um, they wanted to make sure that they hammered down how much damage was done by this so that then it's more believable. Again, I'm using this believable word in a superhero movie, but the believability of an entire plane having to have the pilot eject and the plane exploding like you you have to prove that the damage is as bad as it is yeah and and i think that's also why when they edited it they chose to have it repeat so often and as pete said we see him hit from the front and then we cut behind and we see him hit from behind we see the wing fall off and then we cut to a a side shot of the plane and we see the wing fall off again. So it does become pretty repetitive, but it's just a way for them to really emphasize exactly how much damage is really happening here. It certainly doesn't yeah. feel repetitive when you're watching it at normal speed. No, it doesn't. It's really yeah. smart. Yeah. And then there's a neat trick right at about uh, six. That's the first time we cut away. We cut back to the the command center. And if you drag, you know, slowly uh, between second six and seven back and forth, you see that the the pace of the movement of the camera is exactly opposite or inverse the 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 direction at the same pace of the screens so it's almost like the screens are windows and the forced oh, perspective yeah. of the screen oh, yeah. i think that is amazing i don't know if that was intentional but it blows my mind that is pretty cool looking at this though it looks like the broken plane is in front of the the whichever like off one to the is right now so on the okay so the one that's blinking on top and it has the square yeah. around it that's the one that got hit by iron man right that's correct yeah i think that's, the, yeah that's what an okay, impact does by iron man is it makes bef- it blink right yes which makes complete sense yeah. but <laughs> in the beginning of the shot of of the scene the plane that Iron Man is falling off of is in front right. of the plane that got hit. And rolls right. And rolls right. And yet somehow the plane in front, is it that's fully like operational, is behind the hit yeah, it, plane? Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. The, it should be the, the non-injured plane should be the one in the front. Yeah. 
yeah. of the of the two planes. And then the injured plane should be the one behind, not the other way around. Right. Yeah. But it didn't work as well for this fancy dancy, like <laughs> scrolling window scene. Nope. No, nope. No. Fail. Fail, Iron Man. Fail. Way to go, guys. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, we do get a, a very like this is this is a look of great concern. You know things are in trouble because we have extreme close-ups on Rhodey and on all of the assorted military people, and they look very upset. One of their own yes. is in danger, and he has not ejected yet uh, until a couple of seconds later, and things are dire. And you can tell because extreme close-up. Yes, and all <laughs> of those extras you know that they're sitting watching the movie with their buddy. That's me. Yeah. That's me. That's me right there. <laughs> they don't care about the story at all. They just are excited to nope. be seen. Yep. 100%. Our, our pilot here, Whiplash, uh, Whiplash 1, uses his uh, ejection seat and pops out of the plane. I have some information about ejection seats that I thought I'd share with you, too. I was hoping Ooh, yes, that please. you would. <laughs> the the ejection seats that are used in the F-22s are uh, called ACES-2. It stands for Advanced Concept Ejection Seat. And uh, the, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'd want a seat that's labeled concept as the seat that's going to potentially <laughs> save my life. <laughs> save my life. <laughs> but it's an advanced concept, Pete. It's an advanced that's concept. True. Right. So that's it's, true. It's beta it's testing, not many, alpha yes, testing. <laughs> ideations. Yeah. Our pilot here, he's grabbing off to his right to, to try to pull free to, to get the, uh, the chute to open up. In fact, the these ejection seats for the F-22s have the handle between the legs because the the uh, cockpit was too narrow to actually put it onto the side. So uh, it's not quite correct. So we have to um, we have to point that out that uh, they didn't quite get that, that right. Believability. Mm-hmm. I know. Iron Man fan. Uh, <laughs> Pete, you'll be happy to know that these are actually manufactured in Colorado Springs. Hey, yeah, shout out to the hometown peeps. There you go. Yeah, Goodrich acquired the company in 1999. They've been making these in the springs ever since, even after uh, UTI purchased them in 2012. Now, um, beyond that, though, uh, the world of ejection seats is pretty interesting. Uh, I was looking at a different company, the uh, the company called Martin Baker. They have some statistics. They apparently track how many how many people who have been saved by their ejection seats. Um, as of May of last year, a pilot in Kenya ejected, and he was the 7,560th person to be saved from one of their ejection seats. Huh. Wow. There, yeah, there's a lot of people who apparently have had to eject. Uh, I don't and, know what I wanted to hear. I think the number I wanted to hear was all of them. All of the people have been saved who needed to eject. And the fact <laughs> that you gave me a number reveals to me that it might not be all of them. And that is, that's very sad. Well, and remember, not every ejection seat ever even gets used. So you also have to remember right. that. Right. There's a good number. That's how I took it, that oh, hey, this is how many times it had to be utilized. Um, But also, I'm sure their stats take into effect, you know, where you're utilizing the ejection seat and the, the landing of it, as we're seeing a little bit here, it's, you know, uh, can be difficult to 
you know, if you're ejecting, but there's other planes around or like Iron Man flying around or, you know, there's a variety (laughs) of different things. No Iron Man claws. (laughs) Don't eject into Iron Man, right. Right. Yeah. The the crew member survival rate for ejections from planes is actually pretty high. It's 89.2%. Um, however, one in three of ejectees end up suffering from spinal compression injuries because of yeah. the whole process. Part of that is because when they eject, they are ejecting at somewhere between 262 and 306 miles per hour. That's how uh, and their body is subjected to between 12 and 14 G's at the time of ejection. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm surprised that they so they still have to pull the chute. Is that that's not automated from my understanding is it's automated. It'll all work. But in this particular case, it doesn't work. And so So he he has has to to like go manual, but it's broken. So that's that's my understanding of it. Okay, because I have to imagine that once you're ejected at that speed, at that velocity and subjected to those G's like there is a maybe a better than odds chance that you're unconscious. Yeah. Let let me read this. This is what happens when a pilot pulls the ejection handle. The cockpit canopy is jettisoned as an explosive charge under the seat sends it up an angled guide rail while a series of restraints tighten around the pilot's body. An underseat rocket motor fires, lifting the pilot 200 or so additional feet into the air in order to prevent a collision with the plane's tail. A drogue parachute deploys, stabilizing the seat and pilot who is still strapped in at this stage. A sensor automatically deploys the pilot's main parachute, but only at 10,000 feet or below, where the air is breathable. The drogue detaches from the seat. The seat now detaches from the pilot, whose parachute opens. Once the chute is open, a motor separates seat and pilot, who can now land. If the system is working as it should, this has all taken place in less than two seconds. What? Less than two seconds. What? <laughs> No, thank you. That is, that is amazing. I can't even imagine like what happens in your head in those two seconds. Put it. Like you're in a plane and then all of a sudden you're out of a plane. You're not in, in the plane anymore. Right. Wow. Yeah. And you have a bad back now. <laughs> right. I'm looking at uh, second 16. Uh, so right as he ejects and then he's flying backwards and then the explosion happens and he is engulfed in fire. <laughs> so not only do you have this transition of I'm in a plane, I am no longer in the plane, I'm going super fast and there is nothing protecting my body from the air and the ground and a bird could fly and like hit me. But you're also covered in fire <laughs> jet fuel propulsive fire that's what we're looking at that is yeah amazing awful awful stuff just as a side note martin baker the company that i was just talking about with their statistics they actually have an exclusive club that is there called their ejection tie club for all pilots whose lives they have helped save, uh, you get, Aww. if you have had to eject and your life has been saved by one of their ejection seats, you get a nice tie and a tie pin with it that you can wear to uh, to brag to the world a little bit that, yes, I that have ejected survived. from a plane and survived. Wow. I think that's is just it, hilarious. <laughs> is, is a tie going to cover it? I mean... <laughs> Well, apparently they'll even fly you to England where they're headquartered and do a whole ceremony with you. And some people accept and some don't. Oh, I, you accept. 
I don't know why you why <laughs> yeah. would you not accept you you accept. I survived ejecting from an airplane and right. all I got was this lousy tie. No, you accept uh, they should, the trip. They should give they should give a shirt that says that too. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it actually has a tie printed on it. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> okay, so Iron Man then flies in and he punches a hole in the release and that triggers the release. I'm sure there are that some issues of, quote, believability in there. Well, yeah, I'm sure there are. Nope, we're fine. <laughs> okay. we're fine. I see nothing wrong with this. <laughs> that checks out. Good. Yep. yep. All, yep. all as it should be. Oh, yep. one last note. I, for, I forgot to mention this. The seats, the ejection seat alone costs a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, I need six of those for my dining room table. Yeah. <laughs> you come, you come to dinner at my house. You are at risk. This is something else that I learned. <laughs> there is a group of people who actually like to purchase used ejection seats, and they have them around their house as chairs that you can sit in. <laughs> That's amazing. Why? Story because of course out. they do. Oh <laughs> my goodness! Wow. eBay dot com. <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys go right on. Yeah. (laughs) So as our pilot is falling, um, I I can't help but but think that they they threw a real uh, dummy in a seat out of a plane just to get shots of it falling, because I I when we cut to the close ups of our guy uh, uh, in his seat, he is manually working hard on his handle, trying to get it to release. But every 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 time we cut to a wide shot. It's like a dummy. It's got its arms yeah. wide out to the side, just like flailing in the wind. Whee! <laughs> this, this causes me a great deal of anxiety. There are a couple of shots of him falling that I really struggle with because the, the one is is uh, that one. Uh, the other is right around, I guess it's right at 36 where he's falling down away from the camera. And then we cut to him falling toward us through the blue sky. And I struggle hard with that I have this real feeling of vertigo uh, watching the way his arms are just loose and slack. That is, there's a, a great sense of of just sort of human terror in watching somebody fall unprotected like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No. Yeah. No, thank you. Not, not fun. The, this whole falling sequence, he's falling for almost a minute. It's about 50 seconds that we're watching him on screen. If you're if you're uh, paying attention to things like science, because this movie is full of believability, this means that he actually is falling <laughs> for about a mile and a half before his chute pops. Wow. But, uh, no, thank so you. There, yeah, that's a lot of falling. More falling than I'd want to do. Uh, any falling is more than I would like to do. <laughs> uh, the, just to, to close the loop on this, I posted a link to the Mark 7 Martin Baker ejection, sh- ejection seat condition used quote, as removed from F-5 fighter aircraft. So this is not like a, it, it's used, but it hasn't been ejected. Oh, okay. And it's $5,695 on eBay. You can buy it now or pay 24 uh, for 24 months. You can pay 274 a month for 24 months and it can be yours. So see, you could fill your dining room set with all these. I could. And I, you know, the co- competition is high. There are 60 watchers on this one. Oh. And uh, I, don't, mm. I don't know if I want to wade into that kind of eBay competition. It's a gladiatorial thing. I'm not into <laughs> Yeah. Plus, you'd have to get a special table to do if you chose to have like six or eight around a yeah. dining room table because it would have to be shorter yes. because the, the seats there. 
I mean, you or could have to install just legs onto d- it. Drill out my floor a little bit. Oh, see, yeah. there you go. No. Go fully like like a, a Japanese, Japanese style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I you can have nice like heated rocks I, <laughs> under the feet. I just want them to feel safe. All my guests should always feel safe. That's why there is an ejection seat because you never for know. Every guest. You never know. Bail out this conversation too much. <laughs> of course, you're not going to have anything <laughs> above them that removes, so they'll really just be slamming into the ceiling. No, we have standard uh, eight-foot suburban ceilings, so sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. That 14 Gs plus sudden impact. Right. Oh, uh, wow. Um, in the script, uh, it's, it's a little interesting here. Uh, apparently, he's starting to have power issues because as he's, as he's going through this whole process, before... Um, before the uh, ejection happens, he gets a uh, a warning light. His power is at 28%, and Jarvis reminds him, Sir, two minutes, and there won't be sufficient power to get home. So he's on a on a ticking clock here. And then, of wow. course, he uh, he slams into, into the plane and everything, and then Jarvis says, Power critical, set course for home immediately. And that is uh, what kind of uh, Jarvis says as he's going after this pilot trying to save him. And then the other pilot sees him and says, the UAV is going after him. It's attacking. So they're not thinking that Iron Man is actually trying to save this guy. And so in, in the film, as we watch it, we see we see the the other pilot, Whiplash 2, say, hey, I, I, I see the bogey again. And uh, Major Allen says, uh, you know, take him down. It, it's not having to do with the fact that Iron Man is in pursuit of the guy. I... I I guess I like that. I don't know. Because it makes you wonder if they think it is a man in a suit. Like, what are they thinking it is at this point? And and I don't know. Does yeah, it make sense it, for them to still... attack because of that or what? Watching from their radar, they obviously don't have actual vis- visualization of what happened to the plane. They don't know that the thing left off the plane in front and fell and hit the wing and that's why it's exploding. All they're seeing is the fact that something hit the wing bad enough that the guy has to eject and then right. it blows up. So in their mind, they just see that the bogey, whatever it is, they don't, I, I'm sure their brains are just like, we don't even care what it is. It took out our plane. Yeah. And they're seeing it going after the pilot. So not only did it take out the plane, but it's going after yeah. the human behind it, which uh, is a deeply like personal don't mess with the humans, like mess with the equipment all you want. It's not real. Like we'll just replace it, whatever. But don't go after the human. And that's when you get really angry Major Allen, who lays out that case at the end of this minute. If you have a shot, take yep. it. Uh, I, I yeah. love that that bit. And boy, is he serious when he says it. Serious, Major Well, Allen. and you know he's serious because the only part that's moving is his mouth. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's so true. He's like a cheetah. Yes. 
I am holding still. I have my hands placed on my desk and I'm leaning forward with my very intense face and all that is moving while I'm talking is my mouth. So then you know I'm in business. And you notice he's actually talking to two people at the same time. And it's the responsibility of the other people to know who he's talking to at that <laughs> right. time. Because he's not dropping <laughs> eye contact no. with Rody. Nope. Nope, just keep up with Major Allen. You can see why right. they brought him back for the second one, because they're like, oh, this guy's good. He's full on. Oh, yeah. 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 Put him in a control tower. Oh, he's great. It, it makes me wonder, though, like, I don't know. Would Should should Rhodey have said something? I don't know. I feel like it makes sense for him not to because it's Tony and stuff. But I also feel like, gosh, I don't know. Should he? Because he doesn't want his friend to get killed. Uh, it's... Right. I I think because if I think if this had gone on a little bit longer, like a couple more seconds, like if they had actually like fully engaged on him, he would have said something. Um, but he was he's torn between, hey, do I protect my buddy or do do I protect my buddy? Secret. Like, mm-hmm. what What level, uh, on top of the fact that if he, if the, the military knows that Tony has created this suit, he's going to want, like, they're going to want all of them. Well, but what's interesting is they call him, they call weapons development to come down here and say, what is this? And I, I feel like if they're asking him, would it have made sense for him after he got off the phone with Tony to say, oh, you know what, guys, we're all good. Don't worry about it. Leave it alone. We're safe. And then, you know what, that's when Major Allen would have said, oh, really? Well, that's puzzling, but I'm in the military and I do what I'm told. Right. They follow orders. And then you stand down. Right. You follow orders. So this is this is kind of an interesting, um, you know, conflict within the division because they are clearly not in each other's chain of command, right? Right. Um, and and so Rhodey comes in as this expert. It doesn't. I I think there's part of it where Rhodey is is sort of protecting not only his buddy but also the military relationship with Stark, right? Yeah. If they find out all of this, they, it could jeopardize a lot of what Rhodey works on day to day. Yeah. So uh, I think there, I think it's a it's a complicated little two or three seconds that, um, you know, where we get to see a lot of, of you know, Rhodey puzzling once he knows it's Tony. And, and it's the sort of situation where, I mean, seconds are happening and, and, and split decisions are having to get made. So you can understand if yeah. the right, right decisions aren't necessarily getting made, you know? Right. So considering the decisions that get made, I guess it's just lucky that everybody ends up okay for the most part, Whew. minus a plane. Thank goodness. Yeah. Right. But the humans. The humans are. The, the, the humans yes. of things. Right. Uh, we end this scene on a, a another one of our uh, wonderful kind of GoPro-ish shots. But I guess we can talk about that tomorrow. Good cliffhanger, Andy. It, Good cliffhanger. Will he save the pilot or not? Who knows? I know. It is it, that last shot. I mean, the last frame of this minute. We have Iron Man's shoulders and pilot who at this point looks straight up unconscious his arms are <laughs> out to the side like completely floating aka the dummy yeah <laughs> right right this is this is an anxiety shot right here cuz that ground is coming up awfully quickly will he make it 
And it's not a clear ground. Like it looks like no. he could be 10 feet off of it, right? Yeah. Because right. it's just it's just dirt. It's like a yep. big field of dirt. Uh I, well, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Kathy, thanks so much again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. It's tons of fun to chat with you about Iron Man. Woohoo. You want to remind everybody where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me. My username everywhere is pretty much Mrs. Soup. And you can go to kathycampbell.com to find links out to all the fun things that I do. Awesome. Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com slash Patreon. Until next time, true believers. 